Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to our newest edition of the BLD podcast. I'm Stephen McCarthy, joined by my co-host, Justin Bauman. We are here to talk a little bit about the Combine, uh, players that we liked, what the Bills should be doing in free agency, what they should be doing in the draft, and how the next couple of weeks are going to play out for the team. So we're here for you. We are here for the football, and we're here to talk about it. So, Justin, how are you? I'm I'm doing okay, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, did wedding things this evening, so things are stressful, but we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah, I have a two-year-old, so so take that. So things are not stressful? No. no. You have a walking two-year-old. Oh, God. Destroying me slowly. I'm, I'm slowly dying, um, but it's a good death. It's a good death. From the inside out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Um, Justin, is there anything you want to say to the people? Yeah, um, don't be afraid to subscribe, uh, leave a comment or a rating for our podcast. Uh, that's kind of what helps us out. So if you give us a listen, um, please rate us. You know, five stars obviously is what we're striving for. Um, but also subscribe. You know, do your thing. Yeah, um, we appreciate the feedback that you guys can give us, whether it be through social media, through the comment section, whatever you guys can do. Please let us know what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear, um, and how much you love us that would be just downright super so uh if you're not familiar with our format we do four quarters we like to touch on a few different topics and a horn will sound at the end of the time and we'll move on to the next topic so might as well get it right underway and we're gonna start quarter number one we're gonna talk about a prospect that we would trade up for and after watching the combine there's a couple people that stood out justin what's your thought on who or what position you might trade up for? Well, um, there's two ways of looking at it. There's one, if you fall in love with a player and you want that guy, um, you know, he fits your scheme, he fits your culture, uh, you do anything to get him, that's when you would trade up for him. Or um, you look at the position-wise, is there a drop-off? Um, I think in this draft, um, there's a big drop-off when it comes to offensive tackle. I think there's three guys um, that kind of fit the mold you know, the Jonah Williams, the uh, Jawan Taylor, and then now the uh, Andre Dillard, I would say I would say if there's a run on those guys, that's the only way I would trade up. I don't think there's a big drop-off between Quinn Williams and Ed Oliver. I don't think there's a big drop-off with edge rushers. Um, so if I had to trade up, it's only if uh, there's a run on offensive tackles and because the drop-off is just too steep. So if two of the guys go in the top eight um, or the top six – you got to trade up to you know seven or eight just to get the third one. I think I'd pull the trigger, but outside of that, um, trading up, I feel like it has to be out of question unless you know that rare instance occurs. Yeah, and we'll see what the Bills do in free agency, and I think that depends a lot on if they trade up or what they want to do in nine. There's guys that we'll touch on later about free agents we'd like to target, but. Jawan Taylor's kind of shooting up the draft boards, and he is a guy that I could see the Bills taking for sure to solidify that offensive line, Jonah Williams too. And if, like you said, if they're gone, I don't really know who they would take maybe besides Dillard. But a guy that I would consider trading up for, and I don't think the Bills should trade up or would trade up, but if Josh Allen, the edge rusher from Kentucky, falls to seven, I would consider, depending on the price, moving up with Jacksonville 
I'm picking them up because this team doesn't have an elite pass rusher anymore. Jerry Hughes is still a very good pass rusher, and he rates very highly in percentage of pressures on the quarterback. But he's getting old. He's going to the final year of his deal. Shaq Lawson, former first-round pick, is not an elite pass rusher by any means. He is more of a do-it-all kind of guy. He's a very good run-support guy. And I'm... I would love to get a premier pass rusher in here. I think that's what that defense is really, really missing, especially now that Kyle Williams is retired. He provided that pressure up the middle. You're going to need a guy on the outside, and Josh Allen is hes strong, he's fast, he's got moves, he's smart, and he's got the same name as our starting quarterback. And that means absolutely nothing, but having two guys named Josh Allen on the team would be kind of cool. So that's probably about 50% of the reason I would trade up for him. Yeah, I mean, that'd definitely be unprecedented, right? I don't think there's ever been – maybe there's been, like, I think Brandon Marshall. Yeah. Um, two, two guys named Brandon Marshall. Yep. Um, I don't think they played it on the same team, at, you know, at one time. But, yeah, that would be kind of crazy. It, and definitely being both first-round picks and – Super confusing. And, oh, definitely. And I'm telling you right now, I don't like that pick just because of how confusing it is. I think it would be a lot of fun for people, though. No, you you have to specify like which Josh Allen you are mad or happy with. What would you, what would they put on their uh, their jerseys? I think it would just both be Allen. That's crazy. Or if they went like soccer version, one puts Josh, the other one puts Allen. That'd be dope. That would be dope. I but I I I I don't think that the Bills won't even consider trading up. They've got their quarterback. I don't. I think this is a deep class and positions that they need. Um. I only reason I would pick Josh Allen is just because he's a freak, and if you can get a talent like him on your defense, do it. I mean, you might as well. And but if you have to give up a lot, no thanks. So that's my two cents on the matter. So there we are. That is the end of quarter number one. Um, that whole quarter kind of segues into what we're going to go on to next, and that is the Bills draft strategy. So. Justin, I know you and I have very similar thought processes on what they should do, so why don't you go first? Um, well, if you look at this draft class, you can see where the strength is. Uh, it's on the defensive side of the ball, um, but it's also a pretty deep class when it comes to um, when it comes to edge rushers, um, you know, run stuffers in the middle, interior linemen. Um, so what's going to happen is it's it's going to push a lot of offensive guys are going to get picked in the first round just based on need. Um, so it's going to push quite a bit of talent that would regularly go in the first round into the early second rounds, middle second round. Um, so it's kind of just like a domino effect there. You're going to see all these quarterbacks go early. Um, so there's going to be teams out there that are needy, and the Bills are right in that spot where um, they're between Jacksonville and they're right before Denver. And Denver is one of those teams that, you know, they might take a Drew Locke type. They might take a Daniel Jones if Dwayne Haskins is still there and, and, and Dave Gettleman goes full Dave Gettleman and leaves them there. Uh, they're going to be at a prime spot to trade back. I think, you know, you do the same thing you did a couple years ago. You trade back. You get a talent. Um, they did with, with Trey White. Yes, they traded Patrick Mahomes away. But let's be honest, if Patrick Mahomes came to Buffalo, he wouldn't be putting up the same numbers he is in Kansas City. Nope. Uh, so, you know, I think I think what you do is you trade back. You try to get as many picks in the uh, you know the first three rounds as possible, just because of the depth in this class. 
um, you trade back as fast as possible into the best offer, um, especially if you if someone's trying to leapfrog um, the Denver Broncos for a quarterback, or they're trying to get um, you know like an Ed Oliver type guy uh, before you know the Broncos get on board. So I think you trade back, uh, you trade back as fast as possible, and you try to pick up you know two or three picks in the top sixty. Um, for that pick yeah i couldn't i could not agree more with that take um i think that they should certainly trade back there will be guys available of needs i mean you see a lot of people mocking dk metcalf um Juwan taylor guys like that even some of the defensive linemen and like you just said there's depth at all of those positions and while dk metcalf is a physical freak you and i have heavily discussed Hakeem Butler, uh, Nikhil Harry, guys like that that will be available most likely mid to late first round. I'm a big fan of the tight ends. Um, I really think that getting a guy like Noah Fant or my guy TJ Hawkinson would be huge. Um, And you can get those guys in the middle to the end of the round, and I think that would be a really good idea. And it took Buffalo, what, both of their seconds – to move up last year mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was from 12 to seven. So if you can get a team like Washington, that's at 15 and they want to jump up and get a quarterback ahead of Denver, you can get their first, a second, maybe an, another first or next year or a third or whatever. You can get picks that'll be worth it this year because it's such a deep class and positions of need. So I certainly agree that they should trade back. And if they don't, best player available that if they take a defense if ed oliver falls to them and they take a defensive tackle i think that's fine if they take an edge rusher that's fine if they take a tackle that's fine they're they, you pretty much can't go wrong with whatever they're gonna do yeah and you know um you know we're gonna say it until we're blue in the face uh this draft is is deep it's not like you know i i i was talking to a buddy and he was asking me you know what why does everyone keep talking about DK Metcalf? Um, is he that much better than the next guy? No, he's just a physical freak. Um, plus, I mean, this receiver class is is, is just like a, a, you, you're looking at a table and they're full of stakes. Okay, so there's the ribeye. Mm. DK Metcalf is the filet mignon. Uh, the you know Hakeem Butler is the New York Strip. It's really it's all dependent on what kind of flavor you like. It's not like DK Metcalf is filet mignon and then the next guy is peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's not how it works. So this this receiver class is deep. Um, that's why when I talked about in, in quarter one, the offensive tackles are really the main point. There's three of them, and then there's the rest are kind of you know they're kind of there. Um, so that's that's something to talk about. But um, trading back has to happen because of the depth of this class. You get a guy like Hakeem Butler. If you can think, you know, if you could get the Oakland Raiders to give up both 24, 27 and a second round pick. I mean, um, that's the Holy grail. Now Mm -hmm. we're trading back from nine to 24. Um, but you're still going to get a, you know, a tight end like Fant or Hawkinson, whoever doesn't get picked by the Houston Texans. Um, and then you can get a receiver. You can get one of those guys. Um, so yeah, trading back, you know, I can't say it enough. It would be a godsend for the bills because they can get multiple players, um, for a pick that could be, you know, highly regarded by many people to get in front of the Denver Broncos. Right. And, you know, even if the Broncos want to trade up one spot, okay, charge them an arm and a leg, 
to move up one spot to make sure they get who they want. And then whoever wants to trade in a Denver spot, you trade back again. I mean, it. you can, even if you fall back to, like I said, with Washington, move back to 15, and then another team wants to come up and you move three spots back, just acquire as many picks as you can, and then you can use those picks to go acquire a player real quick, or you can, you know, use them on trading back up. You can use them to take a player that you really want and there's so many opportunities and I think trading back out of the top 10 is very wise and it makes a ton of sense for a team that has holes to fill I mean I saw an interview with Sean McDermott today and he said they were asking him what do you need and he's like everything he's like you name it and I I respect that transparency transparency from him and I think it's a really true thing and just moving back would be probably their best idea, and we'll see what free agency does. I think that'll determine a lot of what they do, um, and that kind of moves us into quarter three. And these are there's a couple guys that you and I each would like to stay away from in free agency, and for me, it's a lot of the wide receivers. Um, I know they've been linked a lot with Tyrell Williams because he's a big, fast receiver that would match well with Josh Allen. And that's great and all, but he's playing with Phillip Rivers, and he's the third-string receiver on that team. And while he does show great physical traits sometimes, he's not that proven, and he's going to require a big deal. So I I know he's probably a guy that you want to stay away from too, right? Yeah, you know, uh, the Bills do have salary cap, and and, um, the last thing you want to do is become, you know, go in there like the Washington Redskins usually do and just spend tons of money on the top, uh, top free agent. Uh, two things. One is to remember that, you know, production doesn't lie. So you have to look at their situation and say, why would this guy produce? Well, he's behind better athletes or, you know, bad quarterback play, that sort of thing. And two, they're free agents for a reason. That means one team did not want to sign them. So uh, Tyrell Williams is going to, you know, require a deal that's upwards of $10 million a year just because that's the that's the going rate for a receiver on a free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, he's not a number one receiver, and that's no. you know that's what you pay high-end number one receivers. So I wouldn't go that route, especially, like we said, in this draft class being the way it is, you can go get that guy in the uh, second or third round. I'd rather spend a second or third round pick um, on a rookie deal for four years than get Tyrell Williams on a guaranteed contract for five for 10 million a year. That's just, that's not, that's not my thing. Right. And I, I, this whole wide receiver class free agency, I want to stay away from besides one guy, which I want Adam Humphreys. I know you don't please tell me why. Well, um, Adam Humphreys, I hate to say it is kind of like a dime a dozen. Um, you can get that guy in the fourth, fifth round. There's a couple guys, Hunter Renfro. You can get him. Um, Andy Isabella from UMass, who can flat out fly, is a younger, faster version of of uh, Adam Humphreys. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adam Humphreys is going to command, you know, six to eight million dollars a year. I bet he gets um, ten. I think you know, and 10. that's that's the thing. It's it's you're going to have to outbid people for it. And just because you have money doesn't mean you have to spend it. Okay, just because you get paid on Friday doesn't mean you have to spend it on Saturday. So. You know, the Bills just need to relax with that. I understand the whole, you know, we haven't had a slot receiver in forever. Um, but, yeah, you could find those guys. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you can find a, a Jamison Crowder type guy, you know, coming off an injury, give him a one-year deal, see what happens. Adam Humphreys, yes, he came from a system that was very pass-heavy. Uh, you know, uh, Todd Munkin, who is now with the um, with the Cleveland Browns, is going to bring that pass system there. Um, it was a very pass-friendly offense with Jameis Winston, who would just force the ball up. They would be down by 20 at this, you know, the start of the second half, so they would throw the ball quite a bit. Um, so his numbers were a bit inflated, but uh, you don't pay a slot receiver eight to ten million dollars a year. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess um, I'll get into why I want Adam Humphreys in our next quarter. Um, but I see where you're coming from, and I think one of those guys that might get overpaid is Golden Tate, and he, I think he's past his prime. He had some great years in Seattle, then Detroit, and then when he tra- got traded to Philadelphia, it looked like he had dropped off in production. And you, I mean, it's learning a new offense. It's you're playing with two different quarterbacks. It's it's just different, but I think he's on the downturn of his career, and I see a lot of people wanting to sign him. I'm not one of those people. I think he, like I said, is declining in his career, and I'm I'm not here for that. Um, and then your boy, Devin Funches, uh, the connection is clear from Carolina to Buffalo, but he's I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's warranted of the type of money he's going to get paid. I just how much really, how much money do you think he's gonna get? I think he's probably gonna get seven to nine million. Okay. Just because the receiving market is so thin, it's not result based. It's there's teams like the Jets out there that are gonna, or Washington that are gonna throw stupid money at these guys just because they need them, not because that's what they're worth. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. You keep talking about Devin Funches like this. I'm gonna. I'm going to sock you right in the face. Um, I don't do it. All right. Uh, and the last guy uh, I don't want is is Jared Cook. You know, um, I don't think you grab any tight end out of free agency. Um, you stay. I mean, I saw that Dwayne Allen was in for, for a visit. Um, he's a blocking guy. You know, when he was in Indy, he kind of did some receiving things, but that was so long ago, um, and the Patriots didn't use him at all. So, um if you want veteran leadership, that's okay. You sign him to a one-year deal, low-end stuff, you know, vet minimum sort of thing. Um, but you stay away from the high-end guys. Tight ends, I understand Jared Cook did some things in Oakland, but it's because Oakland didn't have anyone to throw to after they traded Amari Cooper. Right. So he, uh, by default, came to number one receiver. Um, and it, like like we said, man, this, this tight end class is special. You can get guys that are going to start for you in the third and fourth round. Um just go young, especially with the squad we have, with the defense we have that can uh, that can limit teams to under twenty. You just need you know you need a you need a hit on this draft uh, with the young guys, have them grow up with Josh Allen, uh, the quarterback, and um, you know and and then move on the next couple of years and really be a force. Yeah, I think the biggest part of the draft I think will be surrounding Josh Allen with playmakers, guys that he can grow with, guys that get in with him on the ground floor like we've talked about receivers and we think that you and I have come to an agreement that Hakeem Butler is a guy that would fit Josh Allen to a T because of his catch radius he's also great breaking tackles he's faster than people think he's nearly 6'6 um he's really he's fit to roll with Josh Allen um and then tight ends 
TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fan, um, the guy from Georgia that you like. Uh, you Nota. Can, yes. Uh, you can also draft Bryce Love. Like, there's so many options in this draft that can be running mates with Josh Allen for the next decade, and I think that's where they should target more of the skill positions. And I, the free agent market, there's nothing special. Like, the running backs are, I mean, there's Le'Veon Bell, but I don't. you don't want to pay him big money. Um, Tyrell Williams, we said no. That's not a great idea. Golden Tate, no. Devin Funches, if it's a one-year deal for $5 million, I wouldn't be opposed but they'll probably sign him to a three or four year deal for seven to nine million a year. And that's for a guy that has little production and has shown that he can't really work with an inaccurate quarterback. That's not, that's more than I'd be willing to pay. So it's, uh, yeah, those, there's plenty of guys to stay away from, but that leads us into quarter four and guys that we do want them to pursue. And, I'll start off with one guy that we just talked about, Devin Funches and the Carolina Connection, and this next guy is the same thing, Daryl Williams. And I think you and I both are in agreement that that's a guy that they should pursue. Uh, yeah, he would uh, he would kind of shore up the line. Um, I wouldn't say if we signed him, it would take offensive tackle off the board at any point because uh, we could always kick Dawkins inside. Right. Um, but uh, – but yeah, Daryl Williams would definitely, you know, he would solve our right tackle issue. Um, that way, you know, you would pit, you know, him, Dawkins, uh, Wyatt Teller. Maybe, you know, maybe you sign another inside inside player. Maybe you draft a guy. Um, and that's and that's something that would be totally, uh, you know, that would that would protect your quarterback. And that's it's, that's exactly what you're looking for at this stage. Um, and Daryl Williams for a four or five year deal. You know, give him eight to ten million dollars a year, which is you know, which is standard right now for a, for a lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, he might command more, but if you have the money to do it, um, do you got to go out and protect your quarterback. Yeah. And if they feel comfortable, since they spent time with him in Carolina, they feel comfortable with him. I think that's the move to make. Uh, that would be my number one guy mm-hmm. if we're going into free agency. Yeah, I think where the offensive line is what they should address in free agency, and I think the number one guy for me, Williams, is. If there's 1A, 1B, he's 1B for me. 1A is Matt Paredes from Denver, the center. Um, If anyone listening to this follows Benjamin Albright, he is a Denver guy. And right before we started recording this podcast, I saw on Twitter that he's reporting that the Bills are pretty heavily interested in Paredes. And that's great because he has been... He's a very smart, athletic guy. He's, I believe, 29 years old, so he's right in the prime of his career. He's worked with someone like Peyton Manning, which, I mean, I know that gets a lot of attention, especially for offensive coordinators, but you still understand what the position at the highest level looks like. And getting a guy that is smart and experienced under center with a young quarterback, with young offensive linemen, I think there's tons of value in that. And I... From what it seems, for everything I've read, it looks like the Bills are ready to pony up for that kind of guy. And putting him in the center and anchoring that line. I mean, you saw how bad the center position was for the Bills last year and how bad the interior of the offensive line was. So if you can immediately shore that position up, and he's probably going to get 10 to $13 million a year. But if you've got the money and you can help solidify a position of need, I think you do it. And if you can get a guy like Paredes and add him with Williams, your offensive line 
quickly, quickly goes from one of the worst in the league to maybe top 15. Yeah, and uh, you know the Bills did sign Spence was a Spencer Long from yeah. the uh, from the Jets, mm-hmm. um, but he you know he can convert to a guard. He's a nice depth guy. Um, Basically, you know, Ryan Groy's um, replacement. Yeah, yeah, I would say he's 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 probably a little better than Ryan Groy mm-hmm. uh, was at his best. So, um, and that was a one year deal. So you know if they miss on Paredes, um, it's not going to be you know too too detrimental to the team just because they have that backup plan. That's why they did sign him earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, one, a one B for them is definitely both those guys. I think they'll sell them on, you know, we're going to sign both of you. Um, and we're going to shore up this offensive line and get a run game going. Um, but yeah, those, those two dudes, you know, if we can get those guys, that's a huge step. It's not sexy in any way. Um, but you know, it's necessary. It, gets, it gets the job done. Yeah. So, um, I kind of mentioned this guy earlier. There's 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 three guys I want to talk about when it comes to free agency um, that I don't think is getting enough credit here. Uh, one would be Sheldon Richardson, um, formerly of the Jets, Seahawks, Vikings. Um, he's like a uh, he's an assassin for hire. Okay, you get him for a one year deal, you pay him nine to ten million dollars, and he's going to rush the passer from the inside. Uh, he'll you know he'll do his job inside. He doesn't really take plays off. Um, especially last year for the Vikings, he played very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, if you sign him for a one-year deal, kind of see where he's at uh, mentally-wise, I think he can help with the defensive line and kind of help us make a push for the playoffs because, you know, last year I don't think anyone expected us to really do anything crazy. Um, but this year with the cap space, uh, you know, if we if we get the linemen and we get our defense clicking like it was last year, signing a guy like Sheldon Richardson might help us um, a bit more than people think. Uh, second guy, Jamison Crowder, and the third guy, Tyler Eifert. I, I know you, you know, I you love said, Tyler Eifert. All right, all right, settle down. Sorry. Um, I know you said you know you want to stay away from guys, um, in this in this free agency class, uh, when it comes to uh, paying them. But if we can get these guys on the cheap, which we will, because Jamison Crowder's coming off, I believe it was an ACL tear. Um, and he's only 25 years old. Yeah. And, be- and before he went on the ACL tear, uh, he was killing it with Kirk Cousins. So he could be that slot guy. He could be that move guy. The guy we send in motion. The guy we put in jet. Um, you know that we were hoping that um, Isaiah McKenzie could be or Ray Ray McLeod could be. I think he's a better version of both those guys. Um, and then Tyler Eifert. You know, I think you give him incentive late deal. Um, just you know. Hey, of you injuries. Know, yeah, because of injuries. It, it was never because he couldn't, you know, he wasn't a bad player because he had no talent. It was because every time he stepped on the field, he broke something. Yes. So if we, you know, if we pay him the vet minimum and then lace his deal full of bonuses, um, you could definitely get a huge deal out of that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe do a two-year deal with a team option on the backside. Um, but those two guys on the cheap, I think they would be absolute absolute steals. Yeah. I, I, I. I love Tyler Eifert. I wanted the Bills to draft him the EJ Manuel draft. They did not, obviously, and I was very upset. Um, I've been a big fan of Notre Dame tight ends for a long time. And when he when Eifert tore it up that one year where he was actually healthy, I, I really became a huge fan of his. It's very unfortunate that he has not been able to stay healthy. But when he is, he's a huge target in the middle of the field. He's big. He's athletic. He's a huge red zone threat. So I 100% agree with you. If they can get him on a short-term deal 
and just lace that contract with bonuses and incentives, I'm all for it. Um, we talked about earlier Adam Humphreys. His, his numbers in Tampa, you said that they continue to inflate year after year because of the type of offensive system, and, you know, that's fine. They, it, but it also speaks to me, like, they have guys like Cameron Brayton, and then they drafted O.J. Howard. They have Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin. They have all those guys, but Humphrey's numbers continue to climb year after year after year. And you mentioned Crowder. I think that's also another guy that could be cheap, a lot cheaper than Humphrey's. But Humphrey's, he fits the mold to a T of what Brian Dable wants to run because, you know, he comes from New England, he comes from that system, and they use a lot of small, shifty guys in the slot. And Humphreys is not not nearly as big or tough as Julian Edelman, but he fits that mold. He's a lot like Wes Welker, and I think that's what this team needs. Um, I touched on Paredes. He's my top guy. Williams is another top guy. And then there's a name that not a lot of people think of it because it's not a position of need, really, but... You touched on Sheldon Richardson from the Vikings. Another Vikings player, Anthony Barr. I've seen a lot of people mention his name because of what versatility and what he could bring to the defense. And I just find it fascinating because you have Tremaine Edmonds, you have Matt Milano, but Barr would slide into Lorenzo Alexander's role, and he could. he's 6'5", he's athletic. I mean, Josh Allen did jump over him, but he – can get to the quarterback, he's fast, he can cover, and he can do a lot of different things. And when he came out of UCLA a couple of years ago, they are like, he's a hand-in-the-dirt guy, he's a defensive end, and then when with the Vikings, he's been stand-up linebacker. And I think that is a really interesting twist, and he would probably cost $10 million a year as well, but it would add just another wrinkle to an already impressive Bills defense. All right, do you want me to douse your uh, Adam Humphreys flame? Sure, why not? You do that to most sure. of my hopes and dreams. So Okay, so uh, you know, you talked about how Adam Humphreys produced uh even when he was surrounded by Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, um, Chris Godwin, Bray, Cameron Bray, Howard, yeah. Howard, you know. Uh so who's throwing him the passes? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, who when Ryan Fitzpatrick gets benched, who's going in there? Jameson Winston. Uh, Jameson Winston. Jameis Winston. Yeah, okay. I don't know. All right. It's okay. It's okay, That's sweetheart. Uh, so, Jameis Winston, yeah. not really known for being a great decision maker. Okay. What? Uh, so, I watched a lot of Tampa Bay because I'm a big fan of Todd Munkin. Yeah. There'd be times where he would just force the ball to Adam Humphreys at about funny. three, you know, three yards here, three yards here, four yards here, when he would have OJ Howard or Cameron Brait or Chris Godwin. Dear God, I'm telling you right now, fantasy football players, go get Chris Godwin. Go get him. Okay, because he's going to be a freak. Um, but he would routinely force the ball to Adam Humphreys just because he feels like he's a safety blanket for him. And he would get four yards here. You know, third and nine, Adam Humphreys would catch for six. So Need that. We need that on this I, offense. Like, like, I understand that the stats are cool. Um, and, you know, you, everyone thinks that, you know, Adam Humphreys produced quite well. Um, but they were in a lot of third and 13s, and Adam Humphreys picked up 10. I mean, a lot of them. So um, I totally get the, you know, I yeah, get that's the, an ideal the, fit for this offense. You don't know. Yeah. It's, it's obviously the <laughs> yeah. type of offense we run. Yeah. So uh, like I know, um, I, I know Adam Humphrey's love is there, but 
Um, let's let's cool the Jets on that a little bit. Okay. All right. Well, I, All right. Just, especially if Jameis Winston's the, the decision maker, and we're going to base our decisions based on where Jameis Winston throws the ball. Give us Mike Evans. How about that? Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's a hot take right there. We we yeah, we could use we could use him. Um, I I think I think they need a slot receiver regardless. Um, I I think they need to add at least three receivers this off season. Um, Robert Foster kind of broke out a little bit. Zay Jones is inconsistent at best. Um, I although I do like both of them. Um, it's. Yeah, they they need an upgraded position. They'll probably draft they'll draft one within the first two rounds, and probably sign one, and then the other one will come from somewhere. So yeah, you know, I just want to say something real quick. Um, there's a lot of people out there that love Robert Foster to the point where they're like, he deserves to start. He deserves to start. Um, these people have jobs, and the GM has a job. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had easily the worst receiving core in the NFL oh, last no year. No doubt. No doubt. Easy. I mean. We went to the Detroit Lions game, and other than Robert Foster, no one made a play for Josh Allen. No. Not one person. Right. So the idea that Robert Foster deserves a starting spot or you know only bring three guys in that way he starts in four receiver sets, these guys are professionals. Robert yeah. Foster, if he's as good as we think we are, he is, he's going to blow past these guys. He'll be the number one receiver. Mm-hmm. If not, draft three guys. Sign a fourth. Sign a fifth. Right. I don't care. You got to get better at the position, especially when you have a quarterback that's running for his life. Yeah, and when he's running for his life, he's throwing some errant passes. So um, draft as many many guys you need. If the Bills came out in the first six rounds and drafted four receivers or three receivers in a tight end, would you blink an eye? No, no. Yeah, I, I people would freak out about it just because um, you know. Well, Robert Foster did really well. Zay Jones did really well. Listen. We were terrible last year. You have to get better. So, right. getting those guys in the first six rounds and, and signing a free couple free agents, you know, it is what it is because it doesn't get much worse than we saw last year. Right, and you know what? If you put anyone out there, they're gonna produce to some level because they have to. Mm-hmm. Like they're the only people being thrown to, and I I like Robert Foster a lot. Like I hope he continues to develop. He can turn into a nice receiver. That's great, but it doesn't mean you stop providing competition for him. Yeah, you have to keep pushing. You have to keep trying to get better. And I feel like they, like we we've talked about it throughout this whole podcast. Free agency is where you can go build up your offensive line. And if you draft a, if you draft a guy like Wyatt Teller in the fifth round and he turns into a starter great then you can cut you can get some of that dead money off like i know they can cut russell bodine and save like two and a half million they cut vlad dukas they save three million or something along those lines so if you're worried about signing paradis and williams to big deals you can make some of that money back because guys like lorenzo alexander uh he's coming off the books jerry hughes is going to come off the books you're gonna have LaShawn mccoy come off the books like you're gonna have these bigger contracts come off the books. Charles Clay's been cut. So they have a ton of cap space this year. They're projected for, I believe, even more next year. 
So don't worry too much about signing these guys, especially while you have Josh Allen on a rookie deal, Tremaine Edmonds on a rookie deal, Matt Milano, Trey White. These guys are on rookie deals. So you take advantage of that time that they're making not a lot of money. And then when you have to pay them, then you worry about, okay, Paredes is now 33, 34. We can cut him. Williams is 33, 34. We can cut him. So just keep doing what you're doing. Spend where you have to spend, but just don't be crazy with it. So, and I the Jets are going to probably be the Bills' biggest competition in the offensive line market and wide receiver market because they need both as well as we need both. And the Jets have more, but I think a lot of their payroll is going to be eaten up by Le'Veon Bell. So sorry, sorry, I fell asleep while you were talking there. I oh my god, you know, I'm Did here to talk, I'm you here. You talked for three minutes straight, just so you're aware. I'm sorry, everyone. This is what I got to deal with, okay? You're welcome tell, to you jump know, in tell, whenever listen, you want. Listen, no, because then I feel rude. And I don't want to cut you off and so all that stuff. So you feel rude cutting me off, but you don't feel rude roasting me to whoever's listening right now? All right, well, the show was supposed to end about six minutes ago. I'm sorry, guys, for staying through. Um, you know, you kind of stayed for the after credit scene, and you didn't really get much, okay? You just saw... Um, you know, you just saw a Marvel movie and all you get to see was Captain America's outtakes. Um, so I, I apologize for that. Um, you know, subscribe and rate us. Um, we're going to be here all through draft season and into the football season. So, um, please leave a comment, please rate, please subscribe, please keep listening. Even if Steve's going to go on a tangent, I will do a better job of ensuring that doesn't happen. Also, I will, I just want to shamelessly plug, we're coming out with our first mock draft of the season. Most likely this week, hopefully by Friday or Saturday, we'll have it out for you guys. Not a ton of huge trades, but there are some some surprises. Wow, I can't even speak. I've been talking so long. Um, there's going to be some surprises. We'll give you our analysis. I have a couple articles out on buffalodown.com right now. Justin's getting some things cranking out, so... We're here for you guys. Listen to us, read our stuff, follow along, and I'll try not to talk so much next time, even though that's what I'm here for. That's going to be the sound every time you, I'm going to cut you off. I'm just going to say, <laughs> but I, okay, it's a podcast. I'm here to talk. Isn't that not my job? All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Like Justin said, please subscribe, rate us, leave comments, and have a great night. Go Bills.